Welcome to another edition of the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, and with me as always is the Director of Technical Service, Paul Ajamas. Now you may be wondering why I put a little extra pause in there. I, I met one of our listeners this week, and he was shocked that you weren't a woman. What? Yeah. I might have to start calling you Paula. Because apparently I say the first name and last name so close together that he thought your name was Paula Jameis. <laughs> and then when you started talking and you were a dude, he was kind of confused. Well, hello, boys. I, I have had people run those letters together in the past. I, I can honestly say that's, that's not the first time I've heard that. And honestly, uh, he was in one of our classes. And w- when I came down to the class and played him a little bit, of the podcast for the whole class, I kind of heard what he's talking about, Paula. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing I wanted to congratulate. So I guess I need to talk in a little lower register as we go through this. Yeah, No, I mean, once you started talking, he knew you weren't a woman, but he did think your name was Paula. And I told him that was great. And I was going to have to talk about it on the podcast and maybe from time to time, start calling you Paula. See, I think, and and we're going to, we're going to kind of timestamp this, this discussion. I really thought you were moving towards a possum on this discussion. Oh, no, we're getting there. We're not there yet. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because I do, uh, you know, last episode, maybe two episodes ago, I congratulated the Cleveland Browns for their best start in four years by having a tie. Well, they they won their first game in like, what, two years? Yeah, two years. Almost almost exactly. And And a rally possum? Yeah, rally possum now. I mean, we've got the rally squirrel in St. Louis for our Cardinals. Sure. But uh, yeah, that was a that was a a great set of video clips they kept showing over and over and over last well, night. Well, this morning we're my wife hadn't seen it, and it, it comes on the news, <laughs> and the guy's just carrying the possum by the tail, and she's like, "Is it is that how you catch a possum?" I was like, "I I've never caught a possum. I I don't know how one catches a possum." I said, "But it looks like that drunk Cleveland Browns fan knows what he's doing." <laughs> Looks like he's caught a possum before. Now, I did talk to an exterminator totally unrelated several weeks ago. It was over the summer. We were at a softball game. And he said, honestly, adult possums, they're all hiss. They don't even try to bite you. You just grab their tail and they kind of hang out there. The babies, the young ones, get real aggressive and they're real flexible. But the adults can't even reach their own tail. So So that is how you catch them. You're taking away from the now famous Cleveland Browns fan. Because, like, everybody thinks he did this really, like, crazy thing. But now you're well, just saying it's not a big deal. Yeah, but there was probably 800 people around him, and none of them wanted to go grab that possum tail. I mean, with all the quarterbacks that you guys have had over the years, if you knew that all you had to do was give one of them a concussion to get to the next one that's actually good, how many of them would you have hit over the head? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I watched a lot of those games. A lot of them got hit in the head. <laughs> yes, they did. Well, this week we're going to get into water jetting standards, and we're going to have one of our other fellow tech service guys on, Mr. Dan Barabalt. But before we do that, Paul, how do they get hold of us? Yeah, they can reach us at technicalservice at carboline.com. You can also hit us on the Twitters. Jack's at Jack underscore CTSP. I'm at Paul underscore CTSP. All right, now to our interview with Dan. Joining us once again on the Carboline Tech Service Podcast is Dan Barabalt. He's one of our senior tech service engineers, and he's come here today so that we can talk about water jetting. Hey, Dan, welcome to the show. All right, let's get wet. Let's get wet. (laughs) (laughs) That that That, almost got by me. (laughs) I'm going to just drink more of this coffee. (laughs) 
That was good. That was that was a little quicker than I was ready yeah, for, but yeah. that was good. <laughs> All right. So, getting back on topic. Stay on target. <laughs> NACE and SSPC did a major revision to the water jetting standards just a handful of years ago. So, we kind of wanted to go through and give a clarification of the new water jetting standards. Now, keep in mind, they did another minor revision just last year. And if you look at the NACE documents, they're going to talk about it, that the major revision was in 2012, and they did what they're calling an editorial revision in 2017, which meant they just went through and tried to clean up some of the verbiage that was in some stuff. Sure, because they put a couple statements in there that didn't necessarily disagree with each other, but led to a lot of confusion. In fact, it led to a heated debate between you and I as we were doing our research for this episode. Yeah, it was quite amusing to see. Is no, right here it says this, and no, it says this. Yeah, I'm right. Well, indeed, the organization. I mean, both organizations come up with revision, basically to more closely parallel the organization of you know the dry abrasive blast cleaning standards, and allows a specifier to specify levels of cleanliness for water jetting by use of the separate standards, as is done when specifying levels of the dry abrasive blasting. And I think where a lot of the confusion comes in is it closely aligns it more. With with the ISO standard, which isn't always the most familiar for people in the United States. We like to lean on NACE and SSPC, where ISO is the, the worldwide document. And a lot of these uh, new levels of cleanliness are more closely aligned with the ISO standard 8501. And I know I just spent this past week at the NACE Workweek show, and that was the topic of a lot of the conversation was trying to get these standards more in line with the ISO standards and more global recognition than just here in North America or in the U.S. The old standard was the SSPC 12 slash NACE 5. That standard, gone. Yep. No longer valid. Right. Now, it has been replaced with four standards. Dan, what are those four standards? And those standards are SSPC WJ1 slash NACE WJ1, SSPC WJ2, NACE WJ2, SSPC WJ3, NACE WJ3, and SSPC WJ4, NACE WJ4. And those align pretty much with the ISO standards, beginning with ISO 8501-1 SA3. Then the WA2.5 associates with the WJ2. The ISO 8501-4 WA2 aligns with the WJ3. And lastly, the 85, uh, the ISO 8501-4 WA4 aligns with WJ4. So That's have you lot. all kept all of those letters yeah. straight? I it's, doubt it. It's like alphabet <laughs> soup. It's it a good is. thing this is a podcast, and you can hit pause, go back 20 seconds, and replay this over and over and over until you get all of those numbers written down. And when you look like the guy in Clockwork Orange afterwards, <laughs> just keep listening to this part where we're going to break them down. So let's talk about WJ1, the WJ standards. So now there's some confusion here because some people like to say it is like SP5 or NACE1 in the dry abrasive standing, but to oversimplify it to that point would be negligent. That's right, Jack. One of the big things that you have to remember is these wet blasting standards, one of the big differences is they don't create profile. Correct. There's actually been some discussion about the more times you water jet, you are actually decreasing the angularity of the profile. When you're hitting steel at, I guess we need to get into what kind of pressures we're talking about. The 
Part of the classification as we look at these water cleaning standards, there's a low pressure water cleaning, and that's going to be your less than 5,000 PSI. There's going to be a high pressure water cleaning, which is 5,000 to 10,000 PSI. We have high pressure water jetting. Now that's the category that we're in with most of these, and we're looking at 10 to 30,000 PSI. And then we have the ultra high pressure water jetting, and that's 30,000 plus. And all of those can be applied to levels of cleanliness. That's right, because in most of these standards, they just talk about what needs to be removed, not how much pressure needs to be used to remove it. So they're saying if you can do it with a, a low pressure water cleaning or a high pressure water cleaning, five, 6,000 PSI, there's no reason to do it as a high pressure water jet at 10,000 plus if it all came off at 6,000. Absolutely. One of the other things that you need to recognize with the high pressure water jetting, when we get in closer to that 30,000 PSI range, when you, you've analyzed the metal under microscopic magnification, you start to see the more times it gets redone, you lose angularity every time in that profile that was created from your dry abrasive from the original one. Um, the U.S. Navy just recently completed a study where they only allow for one high pressure water jet cleaning between abrasive blasts because they recognize they lost their profile. Aye. Yeah. So it's a, it is a big deal and it's something <laughs> that, <laughs> that they, that they are, are recognizing around the world. And trying to make some accommodations for it. And I would imagine that definitely we, uh, would be the case if you were actually doing high-pressure water cleaning or wa high-pressure water jetting on softer metal surfaces such as aluminum or galvanizing. Sure. That's right. All right. We have to take a time out here. Remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Carboline. We'd like to take a moment to talk to you about Reactamine 760. Reactamine 760 is Carboline's solvent-free aromatic hybrid polyurethane. It has ANSI NSF 61 potable water certification and is ideal for covering irregular surfaces. If you'd like to learn more about Reactamine 760, stop by our booth at the WebTech Conference. That's the Water Environment Federation Technical Exposition and Conference. That's going to be this year. It'll be in uh, New Orleans coming up on October 1st through the 3rd. Come check us out at booth number 518. Game on. Game on. Now, so. with this WJ1, I thought the best way, we said it was kind of like SA3, and I just want to tell you what SA3 is in ISO 8501. That is called blast cleaning to visually clean steel. So, without getting into all the nitty gritty, you need to think of WJ1 as water jetting to visibly clean steel. And if you wanted to apply the SSPC or NACE title to that, yeah, WJ1 is clean to bare substrate surface cleanliness. Yes. So when we move on to WJ2, this is where it kind of departs from the SA references as an ISO and moves over to different standards. But Dan, kind of give us a little overview of WJ2. Well, WJ2, again, going back to allowing a specifier, you know, to use water cleaning specifically without abrasives to approximate an SSPC SP10 near white to where you're removing all of the paint, but actual residues of paint are allowed to remain basically on about 5% of the area rather than just stains. Mm -hmm. And we are still talking about, if you remember back to our previous episodes in episode 33, we talked about dry abrasive blasting and we talked about what a unit area is. And, and we're talking about a three inch by three inch area. And when, so when we say 5% staining, 
on a unit area, it is that same three by three unit area. But remember, we're not talking about staining with water jetting. We're talking about residues. residues. Right. But you're still going to have basically no rust, no rust scale. Okay. Only residues really of paint over 5% of an area. We'll get into flash rusting later on. We're going to go ahead and get through all the WJs here first. So WJ3, Dan, give us a quick overview. WJ3, obviously that is uh, referred to instead of very thorough cleaning like a WJ2, it's the title uh, by NACE and SSPC is thorough cleaning. And there is more so used in, in a maintenance situation where you definitely want to remove what is aged, what is partial or, or non-adherent as far as existing coatings. And there is a wide varying degree of the, the amount of paint that's allowed to remain on a substrate when you specify a WJ3. You'll look at the, the, uh, the VIZ standard, uh, the NACE VIZ7 slash SSPC VIZ4 pictorial standard. You'll see a wide range of uh, allowed coatings allowed to remain with a WJ3 thorough water cleaning. Yeah, and so we're, we're talking now a third of that area, that unit area, that three by three space, a third of it can have tightly adherent coatings left on it. Moving right along in search of good times and good news, WJ4. There we're talking about, well, let's take this to light cleaning. Let's do a thorough car washing of the steel. If it's loose, it's coming off. If it's tight, it remains. And that sounds just like what you would do with an SSPC SP7 or a NACE number four brush off blast. That's right. And again, we are looking at that's the WA4 association to the ISO standard. Can't forget the ISOs. That's correct. WA4. Yes. Now, one of the things you'll also notice, they've gone through in this document and and each of these are their own document. There is a a WJ1, a WJ2, each one its own. And when they give these descriptions... They will, on the very first page, they're going to talk about it and say, thorough cleaning, I'm looking at the WJ3 one, thorough cleaning WJ3 provides a greater degree of cleanliness than light cleaning WJ4, but less than that of very thorough WJ2. So it's always keeping these in relation to themselves. It's They're still keeping these as a grouped set of standards. Yeah, so they give you the other standards so that you can kind of have a way to reference it in your brain, but they still basically say, this is the standard that matters. Right. So Dan, you said you wanted to talk about flash rusting. Let's Ah, go ahead and get into the the tricky, because that's the same thing that people ask all the time. They call in and say, hey, I'm going to water jet, but uh, how do I keep the whole surface from rusting? Yeah, basically when you're water jet cleaning, if you're exposing any of the metal substrate Depending on the pressures you're using, you could end up with a gray to a brownish-black discoloration uh, remaining in the pits if the steel's pitted, and that's acceptable to these water jet cleaning standards. But also a specifier must take into account, is this, where's this steel going to be used? Is this immersion steel? Is this atmospheric weathering? Is this going to be buried or not? Obviously, now we're talking about flash rust if we're preparing carbon steel. And basically, your discoloration, say, as a result of the cleaning method, you know, of your, your water drying from the steel, you're going to end up with flash rust, depending on the factors such as, is the steel really clean as far as any contaminations? Is it high humidity, high dew point, which will slow down the water evaporation rate? 
Obviously, if you have this, those situations, you could end up with a higher degree of flash rust. And there are basically four levels of flash rust that must be taken into account with the water jet cleaning and wet abrasive blast cleaning. Obviously, for immersion, you'd want to see no flash rust at all, period. Now, bottom line on that, you don't want to coat over rust, obviously, if you're in an immersion or buried you know, situation. And once again, if you listen to our tank lining series, you know, episodes 11 through 14, you'll realize that immersion is also always our most difficult service. So 11 through 14, brush up on that, and that'll give you even more clarification as to why you wouldn't want any flash rusting on the surface for immersion service. So your no flash rust is a carbon steel surface that when viewed without magnification exhibits no visible flash rust. Then you get into three, the three designations, L, M, and H, L, light, M, moderate, H, heavy flash rust. Now we're talking about the differing visible degrees without, man, uh, without magnification. Your light rust is small quantities of rust layer in the carbon steel that can be visibly observed in, in evenly distributed you know, patches, per se, but is tightly adherent and not removed with, by wiping with a cloth. You can see it, but it's not removed by cloth wiping. Your moderate more so obscures the carbon steel layer. You see that orangish-brown you know, uh, appearance. That is evenly distributed or in patches, but reasonably well adherent and leaves light marks when the cloth is wiped over the surface lightly. And of course, there's a heavy flash rust. That's where you're talking about obscuring the steel with a, with a solid layer of visible rust and it's loosely inherent, it easily comes off, and it leaves significant marks on a cloth when lightly wiped over the surface. Obviously, those different three types of uh, flash rust conditions, uh, normally we don't even, as Carboline, don't even recommend applying over heavy flash rust. So, yeah, right. You know, obviously, your light and your mediums are going to be determined by uh, what types of coating system you're going to use and where's the steel going to be end up at, where's it going to be used at, an inland environment, dry you know, mild, dry environment or coastal. Sure, because like we talked about in episode 27, the surface tolerant coatings are going to be a lot more tolerant of that medium flash rust. And basically, to, to kind of summarize those points real quick, there's a great pictorial that NACE and SSPC have put together, and it's the SSPC Viz 4 or the NACE Viz 7 is a visual pictorial of what these standards are talking about when we talk about light rust, moderate, or heavy. And that pictorial is very similar to the dry abrasive standard pictorial, the Viz 1 standard. Yes. Yep. Well, Dan, once again, good to have the Raging Cajun in. Does it bien. All right, man. Thanks for coming in. All right. One thing I'd like to mention is another, again, I'd like to thank you all again. We hit 15,000 listens this week, and I am constantly humbled by the amount of uh, attention this thing has got. It really is. I had a great experience at NACE. I was I was there this week and just time and time again running into listeners and people that were interested in what we were doing and, and want to come on the show and, be, and participate and we're going to do our best to get all of them on. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next Monday. Who put the-